Hello and welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast, where we will be discussing all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and topics that will enhance your personal development. My name is Harmony and I am your podcast host. I am a clinical Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner and registered nurse who specializes in women's hormonal and gut health. I am also a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, business owner, and a mama of twin boys. My mission is to bridge the gap between modern medicine and emerging science with natural therapies and the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and Eastern medicine. I will be speaking with leaders in the industry and starting those conversations that will bring each modality together so we can truly offer a holistic health and wellness platform that educates and inspires you to live a more simple, healthy, and balanced life. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that each episode downloads to your podcast library. Then listen up and be inspired to create perfect health, healing, and harmony within your mind and body and live your most inspired life. You, my listener, are much appreciated. From my soul to yours, namaste. I would love to stay connected with you beyond me speaking into your ear holes every time you tune into this podcast. Join our tribe and subscribe to the Ayurveda Soul Sisters Tribe Facebook group so we can carry these conversations on in there. You can say hello on Facebook at Harmony Inspired Health or Instagram at Harmony Inspired Ayurveda or hang out on my website and see all the latest events, blogs or book in for an Ayurveda and integrative health consultation or body therapy. And don't forget to grab your free ebook whilst you're there. My website is www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Before we hop into this awesome episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my six month accredited program. Ayurveda Alchemist, which will certify you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for those women who are ready to get started with a career in Ayurveda, to have more income, more fulfillment, and more time to do the things that light you up. This six-month program consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success. All of this and more will be available through the online portal that can be downloaded as an app so that you can take your course with you in your pocket wherever you go. As a rose gold VIP, you will also get a 30-minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. 
I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast and uh, the live stream video if you're joining us from the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe Facebook group. Today, I have the beautiful Katie with me. And um, she is a, she's an intuitive spiritual alchemist, kinesiologist and energy healer. But we will be talking about her journey of escaping an organized religious cult. So I want to put in a little trigger warning here. This episode does contain sensitive topics that may trigger some listeners as we talk about organized religion and cults. So if this is a sensitive topic for you, then perhaps it's not the right podcast at this time. And if you do feel triggered after listening to this, we suggest that you seek support from a professional counsellor. And now I've made that disclaimer, <laughs> back to Katie. <laughs> Katie Stiller is one courageous, beautiful woman who has escaped an organised religious cult, one she was born into. And through sharing her story and building a safe community, the Wild Woman Free, she is helping other women transition into the quote unquote afterlife of escaping <laughs> an organized religion um, and cults. So welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you so much, Harmony. And honestly, I had to, I, you're such a beautiful energy and I love the way that we have been drawn together yes. and connected, yeah. I think is so beautiful. And I just love the way your approach to life is so holistic and beautiful. And yeah, I had to laugh at the afterlife. I actually love that. That is, a, that is actually so appropriate, I yeah. think, because it was in effect a death of, a, of an old identity yeah. and an assuming and a taking on of a mantle of a new identity, mm. which is something that I mean, I am grateful for every single day. Mm, so wonderful. yeah, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. Like we, uh, me and Katie met at actually a sound healing workshop yeah. and we were just drawn to each other. And yeah, she said a story and I was just like in awe. I was like, wow. And I'm like, oh my God, you have to get this out there and help <laughs> others. So yeah, it's beautiful. I love what you're doing too. Thank you. So to start um, my podcast, I always ask the rapid inspiration questions. Yes. <laughs> um, and my first one is, can you inspire us with what your superpower is? <sighs> I feel as though my superpower is to see into people's potential mm. and to speak to it. and that's really I I can see someone as an individual and just see their light and really speak to that light and call it forward oh beautiful love that and do you have a favorite quote or mantra at the moment oh my goodness can I say two but they're tiny yeah one is amor fati which is come what may and love it type thing roughly translated and the other one is every belief is an obstacle by Eckhart Tolle yeah Mm. beautiful haven't had those ones yet so (laughs) love that and who or what is inspiring you at the moment what's inspiring me uh I'm I am feeling really really drawn to uh energetic like focusing on energies that are flowing through my body so right now just really tapping into that energetic 
flow in my body as through meditation through sound even in water and just noticing how energy that's kind of actually what's inspiring me yeah beautiful yeah. and katie has just come from the beach <laughs> i have we didn't expect to be doing it like this <laughs> no she was like she was when we went on the zoom call she was in her car and i'm like where are you she's like i'm doing it in the car and i go where she's like at Bailey beach i'm like okay come to my place let's do it together so it's lovely to have you here in person so lovely yeah. thank you and what does an inspired life look or feel like to you for me it's being conscious in every moment and really just taking every single moment and creating eternity of it mm. and that's really living there's so much that distracts us I think an, an inspired life is one where you are just so present and grateful in the moment just to mm. be here. Mm. Even when there's craziness going on, it's so possible to just be at peace and grateful to be here. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into the juicy content. Yes. <laughs> now, Katie, in one of your blogs on your website, I yep. was reading, um, this is what you wrote. <laughs> like, uh oh. They're like, what was it? What did, what did I, write? I write? Well, this was it. Okay. <laughs> I was raised a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Later Day Saints, Mormon. It was all I'd known since birth. I loved it. I didn't have any mm. issues following the guidance set out for teens, except maybe the dating after your 16 rule. <laughs> but I was happy in my beliefs and respectful of others' beliefs. I was asked to serve within the church in many leadership capacities from a teenager through till I left at the age of 29. So from birth to 29, it yeah. sounded like you were really happy being a Mormon yeah. and part of an organized religion. Yeah. So can you just start by telling us what it was like growing up in this community from an early age? Totally. Um, so I'm from a really large family. So I'm one of 12 children to oh. two parents. Yeah. So seven boys, five girls, the community, the Mormon community is actually beautiful and they're so kind. They've got fantastic structures set up to really help to fellowship anyone who's struggling. So there is actually a lot of kindness, a lot of giving. Um, I feel as though there were a lot of advantages to being brought up as a Latter-day Saint mm -hmm. because I was given an opportunity to be in leadership positions from a young age. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, was taught around faith and believing in things that you can't see and having hope for things so the community was beautiful and yeah there was a lot that was just a lot of people like there was always you know fellowship there was always friendship as a teenager so mm. yeah the community was actually really nice but it also was very judgmental mm. and there was a lot of that judgment and the guilt that really is the difficult thing to overcome after you leaving mm. because you know exactly what they're thinking of you mm, I bet. Mm. so I guess it, you know you've painted a nice sort of picture mm -hmm. of of the the group so I guess at what point did you decide that you wanted to leave knowing that there's <laughs> these harsh consequences yeah. of leaving an organized yeah. um, religious cult like like you were in and as yeah. you said it, it is um 
So what made you sort of question it and, and get to that point of, of leaving? And you were born yeah. into it, which is... I was born into it, It's yeah. all you know. It so was all so I'd known. Harder. I was married. Every decision I'd made was based on the church yeah. and the church's guidelines. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to think about too much, even like what I had to do. All I had to do was what, what I was told to do. Mm. Oh, cool, easy. I can do that, mm. you know? So for me, what made me question is after I'd had the four kids, I was then in a leadership capacity again, and I was having to teach people from a book. And I just remember different questions that I'd shelved. And anyone who's gone through something like this will totally understand the concept of shelving questions, because it's like, I'll get to that later, I'll get to that later. But for me, it all sort of slowly drip fed back. And I allowed myself to question and I was being pulled to question and I hated it Mm -hmm. because I was happy and comfortable where I was. So what were those questions? What kind of questions? They're probably a little bit more specific to that denomination. And so it was just things like, you know, the way that the revelation was received was very different to how I'd been told. And then there were other things that I'd uncovered about church history that just weren't, they were so terrible. And I thought I, I didn't know this yeah. and I've been subscribing to this and people now associate my name with these things and they know these things I don't know mm. these things because yeah. we were not allowed to look outside the church at all mm. so I found myself researching who wrote the books and making sure that they're still at church mm-hmm. so that I don't leave yeah that's was my my intention was never to leave but it was I would justify you being there. exactly yeah. but what what this process showed me was I started to go within Mm -hmm. to look for where my integrity sat with everything. Mm -hmm. And as I uncovered something that felt wrong, I allowed it to feel wrong. Mm -hmm. And okay, I disconnect from that part of it. And I was terrified because I could see the unraveling, but I didn't want it to happen. And my husband had already unraveled. And so in that frame of mind, you're like, my whole family's eternal salvation is at stake. So if I leave, like they're all damned for eternity. Okay. So that was the way. So that's a belief. If you leave the church, then all your family suffer in God's eye. Yeah. Your children won't be sealed to you. So you won't have your children in heaven. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't be with your family, your siblings, like your husband, nothing. If you're not doing what the church says, that's the consequence. Okay. It's like the big purple monster that you can't, you can't actually prove is not there. So you wonder if it's there. And so if that was, I mean, that's a pretty horrific thing to be thinking. Like, (laughs) I'm not, you know. But you think that from the age of three. like Yeah, that's what's taught you. So that's why you stay in the church for so long. That's why you put up with all the ridiculous stuff. It's like, oh, we just need, this life isn't perfect, but the next one is. So let's, exactly. And that's where the enmeshment comes into it too. Because it's like you have to stay in there for everyone else and everyone else is staying in there for everyone else. Yeah. And it's it does, you know, this beautiful tight-knit community starts to feel like a bit of a sarcophagus, if yeah. that makes sense, like yeah. a coffin. So if, if you um, thought that that was the sort of end, mm. not, what's the word? I was going to say end goal, <laughs> not end goal, yeah, yeah. but the end game, I guess, yeah. of... Um, the effect of you leaving the church yeah what was it that made you made you leave mm. like what was the the thing that you learned about them that sort of got you thinking yeah. it's like me risking leaving is worth not being 
connected to my family in heaven or whatnot like was there one it's a particular day that was one day and there's a there's a state of being called cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. which is you have a long-standing belief which you've now received information that contradicts that Mm -hmm. and it's that mental anguish Mm -hmm. and that mental anguish is exhausting and for me I just couldn't keep doing that Mm -hmm. so after two years a year and a half two years something like that I decided to set a day I had fasted for three days before that Mm -hmm. and had just had water and I had sat down after praying Mm -hmm. and aligned myself and I said okay this is what I'm going to do I'm surrendering everything right now. I'm even surrendering the fact that this might actually not be true. All I want is the truth. That's all Mm -hmm. I want. And I will do whatever it is that I feel is the most aligned to integrity. And then I, I just opened up like my research again and it was a few minutes and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And then it was a prayer again. And it's like, am I, I'm not, I I can sometimes be a bit sweary. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, (laughs) God, like if this is where I'm at with this and if the Mormon church really is the one true church and if I need to be doing all of this Mm. to be in heaven and have my family and you're literally leading me out of the church and I get to the judgment day and you're like, sorry, you should have just kept going to church. That's on you, buddy. Like that's literally what I kind of said to God. I'm like, I have been like so submissive. Like my energy Mm. was just so submissive. I just wanted integrity and truth. Mm. And I felt like that's what I was led to was my own innate truth. Mm. And that is really what I had to kind of go, okay, well, I need to value that higher than I value the respect that I have because Mm. no one, I was in some ways the golden child like my mum had even said you were the one I didn't have to worry about yeah like out of 12 out of 12 yeah Yeah. because I was obedient I did everything I was a people pleaser I had no boundaries yeah I had lost every sense of myself so and I guess that's the the goal of an organized sort of group is to to take the boundaries away from people and their confidence and so they can manipulate trust yeah you disconnect someone from their own intuition their own body and you have a very Mm. controlled person so was there one specific um belief or rule of the churches Mm. that made you question everything was there that one there wasn't really but i there i really always struggled with the idea that homosexuality was a sin Mm -hmm. i just could never get my head around that yeah like why would God who I feel that and is an energetic force a loving force yeah give that to someone who they create yeah I just I just can't I'm like that's just not that's my point exactly and I think I've shared with you before I've had friends in the um Jehovah's Witness group who've been through that yeah and, and I've had family through that who and I've seen the damage it does and it's so sad it breaks my yeah. heart it's like you just want to freaking love someone just love, love them. them just go and love yeah, them be, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and it's yeah very damaging even more so damaging yeah. so that was one yeah probably a really big one for me mm. yeah absolutely that yeah <laughs> I think we've had that conversation yeah we have <laughs> well I am going to call myself out here because I was naive and somewhat judgmental in my thoughts um until I met you and the other lady that we had the conversation with yeah. um that time at the 
um, sound healing. Yeah. Um, and you both openly shared your story with me, mm. which I was really, really touched and really grateful for. And then I, but I think just before I spoke to you, like literally in that week, I watched that Netflix oh, um, yeah. show Nexium. Yeah. And I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, what the hell? Like, mm. how can any knowing adult mm. be sucked in to the manipulation of a cult at, at an adult age and mm -hmm. and follow their rules and not see it for what it is and get themselves out and mm. I was like quite that could never happen I just couldn't understand it mm. I mean rightly so it's a bit different you were born in it mm. and other ladies that I know that have been in organized religious or cults have mm. um been born in it too mm. but I also had the chance to meet a lady that chose to go in and in adulthood yeah. and it really opened up my eyes mm. and I I own that I was really judgmental about that yeah so and, and it's just it's just because I don't have that that knowledge like I just don't mm. I couldn't relate yeah. but it's it's doesn't mean I mean, that was me just being a, a bad human, being no, judgmental. Just but, being human. Yeah. And I just. Just human. Can you just speak on that? Like, totally. Because I think there's a lot of people um, that would probably have those similar thoughts, like thinking yeah. as an adult, you willingly go into that you should know better or mm -hmm. you should see the the sort of manipulating traits. Like, why totally. can't you escape? Like, all that kind well, of. Well, for some people, it's so familiar. Like, yeah. you know, um, raised by a narcissist mm. I that's familiar to me married a narcissist mm, okay <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. that was familiar to me mm. um what was not familiar to me was a sense of worth mm. and I think when it comes to adults choosing mm. to join different communities that are so restrictive there seems to there's so many things that feed into that a lack of self-worth mm. their attachment style if mm. they're used to being treated badly they're like that's what I deserve right yeah. and there's also this element of like validating the suffering mm. and a martyrdom in order for any sort of receiving mm. so the idea of struggle in order to receive yeah you know so they think that well if I need to be you know, so if I'm, if I need to be ultimately, ultimately safe, because they don't feel safe, yeah. then I need to, you know, do all of this stuff so that I can be safe in the next life. Mm. And at least if I die, I'll be safe. And do you think maybe it's also that they lack connection and community? Oh, absolutely. And so they find this and they feel like at first very welcomed and yeah. they feel like yeah. they get told all the things and yeah. they feel like they're doing personal growth and all of that. And yeah. then before they know it they're in so deep and and mm. sort of given their life so to speak to yeah. this new family yeah that. absolutely I think I think too though the whole thing with the community is we'll naturally start to gravitate to who we vibrate with yeah. and and you know a matching of energies so to speak but unless you're aware of yourself and you have that sense of I actually deserve to be to feel good, mm. then you're not going to be seeking out communities that even necessarily overly feel good. They're just going to be matching your vibration. Mm, so true. Yeah. Is there, do, do the Mormons, so the mm -hmm. group that you're in, do they sort of... Um, pull people in like do they yeah. do they have a tactic of of getting people into their yeah. church they're the white shirt tie and name tags that knock on your door I thought it was the Jehovah's Witness well Jehovah's Witness do but they they have more specifically like the general congregation whereas oh, this is like 
I mean, in essence, a sales force yeah. that's going around the world. Yeah. And I mean, that will probably trigger Mormons yeah. to say that. But in effect, like when you have a look that the Mormons have assets of over $100 billion worldwide mm. and that it's a requirement to get into heaven to pay 10% of your earnings, All right. then it's a sales force. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So that sort of... And, but I'm so respectful of them because they're boys. Yeah. They like what they're going through. Yeah. Like this is why I'm I am always respectful to anyone who is proselyting mm-hmm. or knocking on doors or anything like that or speaking their truth mm-hmm. because they have literally been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. They're 18, 20 year old boys. The yeah. only the they're not even allowed access to their family all that often to talk to them. They're not yeah. allowed to listen to or watch anything outside of church for two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. They have to usually pay their own way. Yeah. They get very minimal things. They get half a day a week to do anything that's like exercise or yeah. washing, like their own stuff. So what they're going through is an, a severe form of brain manipulation, yeah. enmeshment, like they are living and breathing it day in, day out for two years. Uh, at that pivotal point in their life yeah so yeah yeah well that's how that's how it's it spreads and it's also you know they do have a lot of children yeah and (laughs) and then they have a lot of children yeah yeah so when you say they've got to pay their own way do they get money from the church or do they go have jobs outside of the church well they usually save up yeah but if you can't afford it then there it is possible for the church to sort of pay yeah. in a way yeah yeah all that little area that that mm. that area of the church can pay sort of thing so yeah. they kind of use like a form of financial manipulation as well yeah, yeah. totally this should be your financial priority yeah. as as a young man growing up you know from the age of 14 when you get a job through to when you're 18 you should be saving for your mission yeah right. yeah and another thing that comes to mind um with mormons i think good old netflix <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I don't think there's, there's a show on. It's like I don't even know what it's called. It's it like Big Love. No, maybe it's polygamy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to call it Many Wives, but I think you know. <laughs> yeah, same. That's same. the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that they have, the men can have multiple wives. <laughs> yeah, is that a general sort of Mormon rule, or is that like a sub? that is so it's illegal now and even in the church it's against which is this is such a funny one for me because still technically yes they believe in it technically Technically. so it was an early practice that I think it actually brought on you know a law in the U.S. to that no you're not allowed to do that yeah okay yeah (laughs) um I think the Mormons brought that on, but there are some sects that have broken off into it, but they do still believe that in the next life, a man can have lots of wives, but a woman can't. Okay. Fun times. But your, your community was just. Oh yeah. No, no. The the general Mormon community is not. No, it's just one wife, one husband. Yeah. Yeah, because I just noticed at the um, start of the podcast when you were saying you were one of 12, you went to, like, yeah. said to, of two parents. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so I, like, I ask that all the time. Yeah. So I was oh, like, so how many mums do you have? Yeah. Just the one. Just the one, yeah. That's thought enough. I, thought I'd clarify <laughs> that one. <laughs> could imagine that would be one of the questions <laughs> that you get asked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess, yeah, it must have been 
at first. So going back to when yeah. you escaped and you are, like you said, one of 12. Yeah. So that's a lot of people to, mm. I guess, hate on you. And, yeah. to, you know, going from such a big family and such a big mm. community to knowing if you leave, you're going to be yeah. like disconnected. You're going to be barred. And oh, it was hard. Not, like that's hardcore. Oh so it gosh. takes a, a very, very strong courageous woman to do that but also someone who is confident in their knowing who has tapped into self mm. and and very very strong in their own um you know their own knowing and their own beliefs and mm. to, to get to that place from being born and brainwashed your mm -hmm. whole life is just mind-blowing to me like yeah. I just wow that's what I was like went yeah. so in awe of like the way that you yeah that you did that but it, it would have been very, very, very scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I guess, yeah, you had to question everything you believed in mm -hmm. and make decisions knowing that you're no longer going to see your extended family. Mm -hmm. And then you actually had to um, take action to leave. Yeah. So Which isn't actually that hard. Like the physical leaving part of it wasn't hard. No, it's the no. little lead up. Yeah. So I want to know how you mustered up oh, your yeah. courage oh, to yeah. like how and why. Like how did how did okay. you get that? Because I think we like women as general, you know, there's a lot of self-confidence issues out mm. there. And you know, people mm. don't have the courage to follow their dreams at the moment. Mm. People don't have the courage to do a lot of things because yeah. they get trapped into this sort of, you know, being a mom and um, you know, honoring the family in traditional yeah. ways, not always, but feel guilty when they oh. go and want to even start a, a business on the side or they want to do stuff for themselves. And that's just a little bit of courage to yeah. be able to step out and go, no, you know what, I'm going to yeah. start this business or I'm going to make once a week, you know, a mm. day to honor self. But how did you mm. get that courage knowing the implications? Yeah. Um, I think one of my absolute inbuilt values in life is integrity mm -hmm. and if and I just was struggling to lie down and sleep overnight mm -hmm. because I was so out of integrity in myself and I just could not stand that anymore and I couldn't stand the idea of other people having a belief about me that wasn't true mm. or identifying as a Mormon when I, that wasn't where I was anymore yeah. And so what I, what I had to do was my husband was happy. My husband at the time was happy to just stay and pretend like everything was fine and then just live a double life. So, so he didn't, he was questioning their ways as well. Oh, he, yeah, he was. Is that what triggered you to question? At the same time question? that I was. And so oh. he brought it up to me first, like while I was still yeah. breastfeeding, like my fourth child. Yeah. So yeah, like, so we were kind of questioning at the same time and talking about things at the same time, but so still. What made him question? I think, I don't, I'm not, he was also in leadership. We were very much, someone once referred to us as the celebrity couple of uh, Brisbane yeah. North Steak. Okay. And I'm like, I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? I don't want everyone's eyes on me. Like yeah, I was like, I'm just trying to figure things out myself. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. And so I knew that leaving it, there would be so much attention. Mm. And so, yeah, he questioned too, but it was like, in the end, I just, it was like the most self-honoring thing. The first real honest true self-honoring thing I'd ever done mm. and I insisted with him and has anyone ever insisted anything with a narcissist it's terrifying mm. but I insisted that we leave because my son was turning eight mm. and that's when Mormons get baptized and I'm like I don't want this life for them mm -hmm. I don't want this for yeah. them 
and that's that so yeah it was so self-honoring but it was also a matter of I can't let my kids go through this and so he did he agree to leave with yeah. you so you left the church together we sold everything bought a caravan and took off and I wanted to have conversations in person with my family that was not what he wanted mm-hmm. and I was still very it's very patriarchal it's so patriarchal so it's no wonder that it breeds narcissists mm-hmm. like yeah so yeah I did what I was told we sent everyone an email while we were like off off, off. yeah and so then I suppose it sounds like this fairy tale ending so you and your no, hubby both had this terrible <laughs> you're like oh we both have this feeling like we both we're on the same page we want to leave and we and then you get a caravan and oh off you go gosh. into the wilderness and you've escaped and you're free and like whoa there was so much but, of an element of that there was but there was there was an element but of since that. you have broken up with your husband oh yeah yeah, yeah which was so, actually beautiful that was another yeah. thing that was so can you explain that sort of transition <laughs> of the relationship? Because yeah, you'd think after absolutely. doing such a big thing together that you'd be like, it, it's almost like a, this stronger bond. Yeah. Well, yeah. in a lot of ways, I have a lot of respect for him because mm. I know he went through the exact same thing I did. Mm. Effectively, we were horny teenagers that wanted to have guilt-free sex, so we got married. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. As you and, and we both... <laughs> a priority for us was the church so we both were really really hardcore about the church (laughs) we were attracted to each other so we got and you yeah we waited till marriage so we didn't have an opportunity to really fully date anyone Mm. and if the only thing like it wasn't a great marriage Mm. I mean it was really good and we worked together but we were so misaligned on so many things. Mm-hmm. So it was, we talked about divorce a long time before yeah, leaving okay. the church. And then- Is every, divorce acceptable inside the church? It's very frowned on. Okay. Very, yeah. to the point where my mum now, seven years after we've separated, yeah. she's still like, are you getting back together? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Oh, but your mum's talking to you then. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so amazing. I was completely yeah. disowned. Mm-hmm. Um, almost yearly for a couple of years for the first few years, <laughs> which I actually say really affectionately um, because I've seen how much my family has actually just turned around and gone, oh, maybe you're not all that different yeah. to how you were. Maybe we can be respectful. And it's still a bit of an issue with boundaries sometimes, but I'm in, I am in conversation and communication. I am currently on the property, like my family's oh, nice. property, oh, which lovely. is beautiful. I'm so respectful of their beliefs because yeah. one of them is not showing shoulders. Yeah. Not, you know, like, so I dress the way they are okay for me to dress on the property. And, yeah. you know, they are really very respectful. Yeah, yeah. that's so nice. How, so how um, did they first react though to the email mm. when you first sent the email? It was devastating. They, it was devastating. They effectively lost their daughter for all eternity. Uh, and what did they say back to you? Don't talk to us? Or well, like that? Uh, they first really tried yeah. to understand. Mm. And I kept on telling them that I didn't want to talk about why. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the important part. And I didn't also want to be the catalyst for a faith crisis for anyone. Yeah. Even though I knew that me leaving would still make everyone go, what happened? Mm. I didn't want to perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. I 
their their journeys their own mm-hmm. you know yeah and that I've really That's very big of you there yeah. well it's it's actually really very core I, mm. I really try and view people as individuals and in the work that I do that's mm. what I focus on it's mm. not me imposing my beliefs on you it's me uncovering mm. what your own beliefs are yeah and then going this this is what, is you, what believe. you believe no, you can let's build the structure yeah and then you literally rebuild your spiritual structure to full integrity with your own self mm. without anyone else's permission you get to change any part of it anytime and so you still have a faith you yeah, yeah do, you don't yeah. call yourself a mormon no. but you still have faith in god faith in yeah this, this, I, I have i have you... faith in like consciousness yeah. like we're conscious of ourselves i feel drawn to a energy. universal power and energy yeah. beautiful i love not defining it like not having to define it yeah mm. absolutely so i'm really happy that mm. your parents have accepted yeah. you as that's like that's really beautiful yeah i can imagine that's not the norm for a lot of um yeah. other sort of there are some denominations who have it a lot harder yeah 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 when to you was that the scariest thing about leaving losing your family yeah well I initially I was worried I'd never be happy again okay because that was another thing like anyone who leaves the church they're not truly happy anyone who's not in the church doesn't even understand how not happy they are so for me I was like I'll never be happy again I'm like well well, if that's the sacrifice I have to make to be in my I'll integrity, then I'll just be sad forever. <laughs> and now can you speak then, on that? How are you? You seem very happy to me. My goodness, I have never been, I've never even experienced happiness, peace and joy like I do now. So nice. Oh. So you've really blown that sort of church belief oh. that they had out of the water. It's yeah. like nothing. It's like better than I could have actually felt yeah. more expansive and free. free. Yeah. So free. And you, and that's why your, um, your, your page, everything that you yeah. do is called wild women free. Yeah. Yeah. Because wild is not necessarily unrestrained or untamed. Mm. Wild is actually just connecting to our innate nature. Yeah. It's really just like when all of the different conditions and everything are off us, who are we? Yeah. And let's freaking connect with that wild. Yeah. You know? yeah beautiful yeah, yeah I love it such a great name and it yeah it's so you I just I just <laughs> love you. it I do and um so if there is some listeners yeah. out there um who are contemplating their position mm-hmm. in an organization and wonder to themselves if they are unknowingly have entered a cult mm-hmm. or an organized religious group that is very constrictive mm-hmm. what are some of the signs and tactics that these groups use mm-hmm. that they could be aware of to start thinking or to, to question, I guess, yeah. so that they can question their yeah. integrity in the totally. In their if you're if you're ever told that the intuition or the revelation that you're personally receiving when you pray, when you meditate, if you're ever told that that's wrong, then please question that. There's a saying in the Mormon church, which is doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. Now, I know that anyone outside the church, that sounds beautiful, actually. And in actual fact, it's so damaging because faith, a lot of people see that as the religion. So there's this underlying message of you've got to doubt yourself before you doubt the religion, when in actual fact, the person we can trust the most is ourself. Absolutely. So anything that makes you question or trust or not trust yourself or show a lack of worth of yourself 
anything that questions worth because everything in the church is about worth it you have to be worthy to go to heaven you have to be worthy to go to the Mm. temple worthy to do this and that like we're just worthy and already without being aligned with an organization Mm. as such worthiness is such a massive issue for all of us yeah you know we're always questioning our worth no matter what we're sort of doing or Mm. that sort of that's that core belief for so many people yeah so I can only imagine it being tested your whole life in this way for it to be really hard to sort of step into your worth and yeah and so I guess is there anything you can um you can speak on about that like how can people resonate or or just know and understand that they are worthy it's it's so something that they can't understand in their mind that it can only be felt Mm. and I think if you just have a look at just how unique we each are Mm. and when each of us are following that the pull of what they actually want Mm. their needs are met Mm. our needs are always met Yep. It's actually up to us and our purpose is to follow what we want. Mm. And we've been taught that if it's not coming from your brain, it's probably just not important. Mm. So we start to disconnect from our bodies. So start to connect to your body and honour exactly what it is that you want. And it's not just this momentary satiation. This is like an all-round embodied this is what I want. And sometimes Mm. that is like, for me, I want to be with my kids, which is why I go through the work that I, and structured the life Mm. that I've created because of where my priorities are. And I think that if we can allow ourselves to have what we want, we feel worthy. It lifts Mm. us. Absolutely. Mm. That mind-body connection, it's so, so, so true. I, mm. I run Ayurvedic mind-body um, reset cleansers. Yeah. So a lot of people come in at the start for sort of like they want sort of a body transformation mm. or whatever it may be, but the real transformation they get out of it is tapping into their own body's wisdom through mm. that mind-body connection. And totally. it's beautiful to watch because people have like shifted careers through it, like done all these different things that has nothing to do no. about, you know, cleansing the body. Oh, and that's, right. why it's, that's why it's like not, it's called a mind-body cleanse. Yeah. But often people first come in for a cleanse because they think their body needs a cleanse it's like (laughs) yoga right in the west a lot of us go to yoga class first for I want to stretch I want to get flexible I want to Mm. you know be able to open the body up until like you start going down that path you realize there's so much more to it yeah and I think yeah definitely in the west we have lost touch with that innate knowing and innate being within and that mind body connection so I think yeah a big take-home message is is to listen to that inner guide because it is you and you are worthy and I can't remember the statistic but it's something like about there's you're a one in 400 trillion chance Mm -hmm. of being born you like that's how unique you are so that fact alone to being born a human you it just proves that you know you are so so worthy and we don't even need proof the fact that you're here you are worthy full stop but you need to find that worth you need to not find it but embody it Mm. and then you need to be it and you need to go and you know be courageous and follow the path that lights you up because that's why we're here right absolutely we're here to we're here to to blossom and to live our most inspired life so Mm. yeah I think you're spot on there (laughs) (laughs) yes um so one of the final questions I do want to ask you so they've got all inspired they've (laughs) they've sat down in their sort of meditation or prayer or whatever Mm -hmm. they're doing they've they understand they're worthy 
and they're ready to leave, but they're still scared and they don't yeah. know what to do. What are some of the first steps that um, people questioning the organization that they're in, they can do to, to leave? Like, how would mm. you guide them, I guess? Well, I think it's going to be specific to different denominations, mm. the, the process of leaving. Mm. Um, but I think, I think the next thing to do is to start to realize what boundaries you're going to need to set in place so that, you know, if there is structures in place for fellowship, like, um, you know, in the Mormon church, there's visiting, teaching and home teaching. So you have people set to come and check on you basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So making sure you have boundaries in place and if you need to send letters, understanding where the letters go and, uh, sometimes it's a matter of all you have to do is send a fax and they receive it and then you've left legally they can't they have no say over you sort of thing right so yeah look into some of those things but really if you're questioning whether it's aligned for you and you're right at that very very moment just breathe for a moment and connect into yourself you know you have a knowing it might be that you're just scared and sometimes it's not the right time for you. And mm -hmm. so you need to honor that too. Mm. You know, allow divine timing. Yes. Allow yes. for, you know, the unknown. That's why honoring yourself and connecting to your inner energies and your inner feelings, your, the way things land in your body and really deeply honoring that. And that comes also with honoring the things that you want. Mm first yeah. before actually going and depleting yourself with family and work and everything mm. honor yourself first yeah absolutely mm. yes <laughs> sorry the dog jumped up <laughs> on my lap <laughs> oh thank you you have um been so much appreciated for coming on and sharing you. your story and yeah like I've said I just think you're a very mm. courageous woman because it it would be it would be very hard mm. <laughs> and very more than scary. worth it though oh more than goodness. worth it I love that yeah so like yeah. I would do it again That's... well I mean I wouldn't want to but yeah <laughs> yeah wouldn't want to but I would but I would yeah and they, you know they say like our freedom is on the other side of fear oh sometimes you have to face that fear to to get to that point of freedom and we all have like little um yeah like what do I say like you we all have little examples of this throughout our life and this is just one of those examples but in maybe like a sort of bigger scale yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think maybe even possibly like if someone was thinking about leaving an organization do you suggest that they find us a uh, support network first or not necessarily. Not necessarily. I honestly think that if you are just deeply honoring yourself you'll be drawn to people exactly. and I yeah. was I, 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 they have Mormons who are really the only friends I had besides Seventh-day Adventists who I went yep. to school with. Yeah. Okay. So yep. I was not outside of an organized religious container in any aspect of my life. Okay. <laughs> but I found people. Yeah. And, and I just trusted that I, it was the time for me to trust, yep. you know, in the universe and also into myself. Mm -hmm. What a, what a gift that is. Absolutely. But you do have a community now. I do. I built, <laughs> you built yeah, the community. I've built my yeah. community. I've so got so many about community. that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I've gone through so many different stages. Yeah. It's my 10th year since leaving. Wow. I know. Yeah. I am so, wow. I just, it's just been such a journey. Mm. And I think it's taken me a really long time to 
to come back into like the pendulum starts to swing a little bit yeah because you're not sure of everything so it took me a while mm. and that's why I'm so big on like and drawn to I need to help people now with this mm. is yeah setting up that community because there are some people who I attracted who were not great for me and I got into similar situations mm. and then it was a matter of really just leaning back onto myself and honoring myself again and then mm. coming to this place now where I have such com like I have a partner who is so beautiful oh, he's literally that. my dream come true oh, I, love I wrote I wrote him out on the 27th of January oh. and we met you know just at the end of the last year but it's just oh that's so nice. so conscious and yeah. so much space held and yeah. just a seeing of each other and acceptance of each other it's oh, it's beyond oh it's so yeah. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and my children are just they've started setting boundaries for themselves and they're so grateful that I've left and you know yeah. and that's something that they've always really respected about me even though they didn't really understand it fully mm. Um, and it hurt them too and this like yeah I'm friends with my family like mm. I've been able to make it so that we don't have those difficult conversations all the mm. time we don't have to mm. have those conversations and dwell on that so yeah life now is mm. just beautiful I oh. love I love that you have built that connection with your family and mm. it appears that you don't like hold them responsible for mm -hmm. you you just living your life on your terms now yeah. but don't hold sort of like a grudge or anything no that, that's because that's what you know they believe to be true exactly for them. everyone has their own truth and and yeah. and their own truth leads that to their own happiness exactly so, and it's just about yeah honoring finding your, your honoring your truth <laughs> that's it that's the take home honoring your truth thank you <laughs> yeah so can you just let our listeners know where they can find you or if there's a listener out there and they perhaps have a friend in need mm. that you help support women through the transition from yeah. like moving out of organized um religious sort of cults to what well, we said the afterlife <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah where can they find you so i am at wildwomanfree.com uh i'm also on instagram wild woman free facebook wild woman free youtube wild woman free pretty much Amazing. everywhere wild woman free <laughs> wild woman free and yeah you can email me at wildwomanfree at gmail.com Beautiful. Yeah. I'll put um, the links in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. Well. Thank you. Now, sorry, if you can hear that panting, <laughs> my dog has jumped up on my lap. It is not me. <laughs> Okay, Zola, naughty girl. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everyone, for listening or tuning in in the Abetic Soul Sister Facebook group. Hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please, um, yeah, give us a five-star rating because it helps these messages, these important conversations to be shared um, like to everybody and you have a podcast as well i do have to a mention podcast. podcast i totally did yeah wild woman free the podcast well, there you go wild <laughs> woman free i love it consistency it's great why not it's easy it's so good <laughs> yeah all right thank you everybody and namaste namaste If you missed the intro and jumped straight into the episode, don't forget that my six-month Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. It consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, 
daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success, and so much more. This is all delivered through an online portal, which can be downloaded as an app so that you can take this course with you wherever you go. My Rose Gold VIPs will also get a 30-minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. about Ayurveda or have you been called to learn more about Ayurveda? If so, I would love to offer you these teachings in my intro to Ayurveda lifestyle medicine for the mind, body, soul online course. Ayurveda translates to the science of life and longevity. Its teachings hold ancient wisdom and secrets of how to live a long, healthy and vibrant life. Ayurveda has been around for 5,000 plus years. It's been tried and tested for centuries, yet has only become more popularized in the modern Western world in recent times as the true healing benefits of Ayurveda are being discovered by many in the West. Its relevance and power is needed now more than ever. Applying Ayurvedic principles and practices to your mind, body, soul can help you heal your gut and gut-related symptoms such as bloating, gas, indigestion, constipation or loose stools. It can help assist with hormonal balance and total body balance. It helps mitigate stress and anxiety, clear skin, helps to achieve a healthy body weight and maintain it, helps you feel deeply connected to your mind, body, soul, increase and sustain energy, increase peace of mind and support and boost your metabolism. This course will give you an introduction into the art of Ayurvedic lifestyle medicine so that you can apply Ayurveda to your life and become your own healer and health guru. You will discover and understand yourself on a deeper level. In this course, you will learn the history of Ayurveda, Ayurvedic Dhinacharya, Ayurvedic nutrition, Ayurvedic psychology. You'll also discover your own unique constitution, your dosha. You will be given practical tips on how to apply the art of Ayurveda to your modern day lifestyle and how to simplify health to get the most out of your life. So if you would like to sign up to this seven module course, please head over to my website, www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Namaste.